Hello, and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We've got an episode today for you that is out of this world. Literally. Literally, because we're talking about astronauts. We're talking about love triangles. We're talking about all kinds of otherworldly topics. But first... (laughs) Maybe we should update everybody on the coronavirus oh. and on our current situations because we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but we haven't really developed the story. I don't think we touched on it last week. It's, yeah, it's pretty much turned our worlds upside down. Well, it feels very post-apocalyptic out That's here. That's what I'm trying to get to. Um, <laughs> all of the drugstores are completely nuts. All of the grocery stores are deserted in terms of the food and completely cramped in terms of the people. And people look scared. I mean, people look really freaked out. Honestly, I'm a little scared. Like, I'm getting a little worried, too. And frankly, every time I feel something a little funky in the throat area, I'm like, oh, "Oh my God, I'm dying. Anytime I cough, anyone. I mean, thank God we're finally on. I love it. Work from home quarantine. But like last week being in the office, these stupid open office plans and you're sitting next to good old Joe, Joe Schmo next to you. Um, Packing up a lot. Oh, yeah. Just any little cough. And you're like, oh, my God. Great. We're all done. This is it. The cough that ends everything. That's right. Everybody was Purelling down their uh, hands. They were wiping down their cues with the Lysol wipes. Oh, yeah. I know we had a guy, um, it was a couple weeks ago, back when things were still pretty calm, Mm -hmm. um, and this man who... Granted, he always has some excuse not to work. He's always <laughs> pretending to be yeah, sick. Yeah, hypochondriac. Yeah. And... One person got pink eye, so then he developed his oh. own illness that he called he peach got purple eye. eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also British, so he was walking around saying, Well, I have peach eye, oh, so I need well, to that get little away. accent will get him away. With, well, he'll get away adorable. with a lot there. Yeah, he looks like a porcupine. But he um, actually left and was sick one day. Oh, God. And all of us, the rest of us, took it upon ourselves to go and Lysol spray <laughs> the yeah. living hell out of his cube. Oh, good for you guys. Yeah. Well, that's what's good. I mean, both of us work for very large companies. We mm-hmm. both work in the open concept offices, Ugh. and you just can't contain any kind of illness. Uh, it's going to it's gonna spread like wildfire. Like, Absolutely. As soon as one person has it, it's done. Yeah, You're there's done. no way to contain it. I no. mean, forget about it. So I'm just, ugh, I'm happy that we're working from home now. Um, I feel like it's yeah. inevitable that we will get it, but now at least it'll be at a slower pace And maybe the hospitals can keep up. And I'm just honestly more nervous about having supplies because I just realized today I'm running a little low on laundry detergent. Uh And I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to have it? You know, because it's one of those weird things that. I could see people kind of hoarding and stocking up on all of a sudden. Totally. Yeah. It's weird what people go for when there's a time of crisis. And it's just interesting to see the. certain aisles that are empty aren't necessarily what you'd think. I mean, you know, eggs were totally well stocked, (laughs) but then bread was destroyed. There was nothing. There wasn't a crumb left. No. And then, you know, paper goods. So you had plates, you have napkins, you have forks, knives, spoons. You look to the other side where the paper towels are, there is nothing. Nothing. Paper hoop. Yeah. You can actually, if you look at our Instagram, posted a video from the local Acme where – it is just completely deserted. Yeah. But then you go down a different aisle and you're totally home free. So it's it's just a oh. weird time to be alive. It's it's really weird, honestly. It, it's 
I don't know. I love my now that working from home, I already love my weird documentaries that I watch. And so I've started to watch some stuff looking back to the 1918 Spanish flu. Oh, God. And that was the last time that and it was super creepily ironic because I was watching again, just having some background noise while I'm working from home, this documentary on it and Philadelphia were actually idiots with the Spanish flu. They didn't – they were saying stuff that was so creepily relevant today. They're like, they didn't quarantine at the schools. The government was telling them, it's fine. It's no big – like, trying to quell fears and be like, it's fine. Like, don't yeah, worry about it. it. Still go out and po- still do your normal thing. And by the time they started to actually try to quarantine and get a hold of things, it, it was too late. And so it's, wow. it was just really eerie seeing kind of like – you could see how that could happen or has happened in a way with Italy today where completely they had they didn't quarantine and now we're finally at least trying to take precautions over here to make sure that that doesn't happen again yeah it's a shame that they had to become a cautionary tale like that but apparently I mean it was young people who thought that they were immune thought that it wouldn't be that bad no big deal um and that's what we've been told too we've been told that if we catch it as young people you know we're not necessarily immunocompromised we're pretty strong young vivacious (laughs) sexy (laughs) (laughs) so if we caught it it wouldn't be a huge deal but these people in italy these young people were so irresponsible they continued to keep going out they continued to have fun gather in large groups and what happened is it spread to all these different people of all different age groups and now, you know, the death toll is just huge. Yeah. Um, here in Philly, we have a tradition for St. Patty's Day, which was a week ago um, on Campfire Girls Day. And it's called Erin Express. Right. Oh, and- my God. I couldn't remember what the name was. I did. Yeah. We've b- both participated. Mm-hmm. We both have had our day in the sun. Yeah. And essentially what it is, is it's a giant bar crawl. Right. And it's all these kids, all ages, really, I'd say between 18 and, you know, 30. So these kids just come take to the streets. It's a mess. Yeah. You just and- can walk around and find any crowded bar that, you know, within yeah, walking you know distance. And it's a great place to exchange germs i mean i know so many people who yeah. met their girlfriend boyfriend hook up you know fun time friend with benefit yeah whatever on Aaron express because mm-hmm. it's just a great night to get sloppy great night to intermingle great night to meet people people are just in like flynn they're down to clown they're out they're wearing green (laughs) and they're having a good time but they really shouldn't have been out there this year i think personally i I I, was very irresponsible and you know let's see what happens i mean we're a week in after you know after Aaron express after saint patty's day and i don't know i'd be interested to see if there are any spikes it's a little scary because you do see new york city too with I don't know. I feel like for Philly, they're always kind of the protocol because they're a little more, you know, populated and uh, with shutting down bars and everything. I think Philly is kind of cautiously towing that same line. And with St. Patty's Day, like I literally I knew it obviously was coming up, but I wasn't even thinking about it because I was not even planning to go out because. Yeah. Well, because I'm old and boring and have no friends, but <laughs> also, <laughs> also because like I I don't know I'm I'm nervous I'm nervous about even going to the pharmacy yep. and accidentally you know touching, touching whatever something. yeah hundred yep. percent 
So mm-hmm. that's the climate that we're living in right now. We'll continue to keep you updated because it's just rapidly unfolding. It's totally unprecedented. I mean, we haven't had something like this like in t- since you said, you know, 1918, yeah, the Spanish or, flu. Or even like the another podcast I was listening to, um, the hosts are a little bit, they're maybe like 10, 20 years older than us. And they were taught, one of the hosts was talking about how her father was talking about his father who essentially lived through the great depression and world war two and he was kind of reminiscing on that where our generation has never had to go without yeah and not saying obviously that we're back to the ration days of the war or anything like that but it does nowhere near (laughs) yeah yeah i can still buy and use tinfoil like we're good (laughs) not planning a victory or, or failure garden over here but it just like it's something that we've never had to deal with and it's scary i don't know it's it's kind of crazy because it makes me think like we'll tell obviously future generations about this um and again it's not like a crazy thing that's gonna last years hopefully (laughs) but it's just something that our generation and generations kind of right around us have never had to go through and it's kind of crazy and scary it really is and especially just with um the increased mobility um internationally right people really can get around yeah that's people very can, true you know just avail themselves of all that the world has to offer um and now to have that all taken away so suddenly even we were just talking about earlier not being able to go to whatever restaurant you want for right. dinner or to order from postmates which we do pretty <laughs> almost a point. weekly occurrence yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean the restaurants are all shut down so yeah. it's just different and it really makes you think what the heck did we do before we had all these incredible yeah. amenities? Yeah. And thank goodness, internet, cell phones, oh my TV God. still works. But my gosh, you could really see how people would devolve I know. Quickly. That's, oh my God. Yeah. That's like, that is real apocalyptic there. Like if all the, you know, uh, electricity and all that stuff goes down, don't think it will. I'm not thinking it'll go that badly but it's just like that it's worst case scenario and that really scares me yeah that's a terrifying thought um but yeah we just want to keep you updated because hopefully this will all be a distant memory someday and we'll be able to listen back to this and say wow that was a pretty crazy time um glad we're all okay now (laughs) bye (laughs) well but if not good segue here Mm -hmm. there's always mars yes or if not possibly some other planet out there that we could move to yeah there we go like in wally we could just ship (laughs) off to a different planet um get extra fat which is what i'm already doing because i'm already beefing up preparing for that journey my quarantine body is oh my god yeah quarter (laughs) pound body like it's a true dad bod up in here oh mine is a grandpa bod oh it's rough i mean it's the sitting combined with the uh, yeah. proximity to the kitchen. It's oh, just yes. not good. It's not yeah. been good for anyone. Maybe it has. I don't know. Maybe somebody's out there exercising yeah, in their kitchen. living their best life. Yeah, doing the jail cell workout right. six by six. Standing desks on fleek. Oh, right? My gosh. A buddy of mine just got a walking pad, which looks pretty what cool. It's like, so I don't it's even like know what that is. It's like a treadmill. But, but it's just like a little portable. like it's, a hamster wheel or yeah, a hamster it's like a track. Little, it's like, pretty small. Um, it's not as small as she hoped it would be. And it came uh, from China. So it's probably covered in Corona. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a little walking pad. So she's actually gotten more steps in. So does she since the walk, quarantine? Does she? OK, this is probably stupid. But does she 
walk on it standing up or does she sit no she probably walks on it standing up right like yeah it's like a treadmill it just takes up less space it's uh, foldable you can sort of like wheel it away oh i actually kind of like i know it's really a cool idea but um that is not what i've been doing i got out for one quick walk today and yeah i got stared down (laughs) yeah 100 percent. well what's weird bed to desk desk bed bed. desk desk bed (laughs) b to d d to b but what's odd is if you do go out walking in this cultural climate right now, there's all these other people who clearly have cabin fever who are out walking <laughs> right. and you just like meet eyes with them. And it's this odd like politeness thing where they don't want to come too close to you because they know oh. you're scared of them. They're scared of you. Right. They don't know if you have Corona. You don't know if they have it. And everybody's sort of like, yeah, pretty, pretty weird well, stuff. Right. I, I will tell weird. you. So I went to CVS last night because I just I I don't know. I just got nervous about like canned goods and stuff that I had. Really and that's smart. the closest thing. And so I went and it was literally me, like three employees and maybe one or two other uh, shoppers. And Oof. as I'm going out, the, the this one woman gave me the most sincere thank you for coming in. She's like, Yikes. "Thank you so much for coming." And I was like, "You're welcome." Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even like I don't know. It just it's such a weird, weird environment to be in now. Well, speaking of stocking up on supplies and Ooh. moving to Mars. Oh, I, I like this even better. <laughs> I hope that you picked up some adult diapers when you were at the CBS yeah. because yeah. we are transitioning to talk about a certain astronaut by the name of Lisa Marie Nowak. She was born Lisa Caputo, which is kind of funny. It runs oh, with Teresa yeah. Caputo. Yeah, but clearly she couldn't see into her future. <laughs> she would have realized she'd be busted. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about this astronaut today. She is... A, this is a story near and dear to my heart. I've always loved this story. I yeah, think you were the one to suggest this. And I was like, I love it. It wouldn't... Like, it wasn't on the top of my head at all. Not on my list. Yeah, it's just, it's one of my favorite females in history. It's such a fucked up story. Really weird. Um, But it's also kind of a story about female triumph. There's a little bit of jealousy. There's a love triangle. There's a lot going on. A lot to unpack here. And I guess what I wanted to say, too, was that I feel like when we set out to start this podcast, I think it's great to be able to tell stories about women that are inspiring and did amazing things that we didn't know about in history. But I don't know. I I feel like it's also interesting and also just more realistic to see these different figures that have struggled through things, been the villain or the hero, or I don't know, just to portray a full accurate picture of the female race. I don't, it just, I, I totally get why it's important to, Um, show these strong female figures but I think it's also just interesting and more humanizing to show that like not all women are perfect women go through crazy weird struggles too but we're human yeah I love that you said that because that was our big aim like you said um when we set out to make this podcast we were initially going to just spotlight kind of the biggies in history you know Sacagawea Betsy Ross all the good guys 
And that's just not a full picture. And it's not as interesting of a picture, um, as well-rounded of a picture, as what we really strive to do, what we decided to do, which is to really delve into some of the stories that you haven't heard about or some of the stories that you've heard a little bit about but would like to learn more about. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make something that we'd be interested in if we were looking for new podcasts or um, just new materials to learn about. Um, that's why we wanted to go weird with it. Exactly. And this story is as weird as it gets. It's astro nuts. It's astro nuts, girl. <laughs> I don't know if oh you came about that, across that little saying when you were looking this up. No. Oh, that, yeah, I came across that multiple times. Oh my God, I didn't. Put Damn. the nuts in astro nuts. Right? <laughs> and there's also two sides to every story. I mean, this woman yeah. was a brilliant engineer. Oh, she had everything going for her. A hundred percent. She was an engineer. She was a naval flight officer, NASA astronaut. Um, She got picked by NASA in 1996 as a mission specialist in robotics. She flew on the space shuttle Discovery during a mission in 2006. She operated robotic arms of the shuttle and the International Space Station. So this isn't a dumb woman. This isn't somebody who's a loser. This is an insanely cool, brilliant engineer who just had everything going for her. Well, and the thing is, too, she was a woman. So kind of like we were saying, there's a full picture to every person. And she has obviously things that aren't great or, you know, really not great. (laughs) But she was also a pioneer in this industry. And she was the face of women progressing and kind of Um, taking on these positions they hadn't before and so she was really a groundbreaker in her in her industry yeah and she I mean she knew that she wanted to do space travel from the time that she was a little girl in 1969 when the first moon landing happened we went to the moon in 1969 not 1970 but one year sooner but Lisa um you know, like we said, started getting interested from her youth. She watched the space travel on TV, and she really closely monitored all of the female astronauts that came to NASA, which um, I thought it might be a good idea to give everybody an, um, a feel for where history was with regard to female astronauts. Ooh, I, would love to, I didn't look into this. I would love to know that. Really quick, yeah. Um, there's some different female historical figures within NASA that I'd like to sort of spotlight just so that people get a feel for what was really happening um, at the time that Lisa would have been growing up. Um, So what people don't necessarily know, they know it more now because of the movie Hidden Figures that came out recently, which um, put a spotlight on the African-American women who did the calculations, which is really I'm terrible with movie names, but once you describe it, yeah, that is just like a hidden story that nobody would have known yeah nobody would have really known so um but women have sort of been in the background of nasa throughout nasa's history they performed these calculations they sent astronauts to the moon they eventually went to space themselves um but it wasn't an easy road i'm sure um yeah so it would have started in about 1939 a woman by the name of kitty o'brien joiner actually became part of nasa she was the first woman to graduate from uva's engineering program She won a lawsuit that challenged the all-male engineering school, and that's how she got in, which was really cool. It's just crazy Um, to think that was a real thing. Right? Talk about breaking the glass ceiling by rocket ship. Mm -hmm. Um, And Kitty was the first female engineer at NASA. She worked on turbines and wind tunnels, and she 
research supersonic flight. So it doesn't get much cooler than that. All the while, your name is Kitty. Right. And, you know, you're out here ruling the world. Oh, wow. And then we've got, in 1969, a woman named Katherine Johnson calculated the trajectory for Apollo 11's flight to the moon. She was actually um, one of the African-American women spotlighted in... um, hidden figure she was known as a human computer at nasa she actually got a presidential medal of freedom in 2015 yeah which honored her accomplishments her contributions to the space study and her paving the way for gender and race equality being a black female in this predominantly male field right um there was a whole team of these human computer type people um and they all collectively broke down these gender and race stereotypes at nasa wow um which is really something special then we have the first woman in space was sally ride oh yep i'm really surprised her name isn't more well known i know not like lance armstrong it doesn't you know automatically it really should be that's what i mean like i'm very i'm very surprised it doesn't yeah um, she went in 83 and 84 and wow. yeah, which is pretty early on. I mean, it's well, see, later I'm, than, yeah, that's, I'm thinking like 69 to 83 cause 69 mm-hmm. is the big, wow. Yeah. Which obviously it's took a little bit longer. Um, and then straight through till 1995, Ooh. um, which would have been the year before, um, Lisa Nowak was selected for right? the space in mission. Yeah, we have Eileen oh my God, Collins right. um, being NASA's first female shuttle pilot. Um, she was actually shuttle commander in 1999. So really a groundbreaking time for women in this field. There, Again, there wasn't much by way of female involvement, at least recognition-wise. Um, and this was really gathering steam um, right as Lisa Nowak was growing up and um, watching these women. She really kept tabs on NASA and the women's involvement in same. Um, and it's kind of the perfect time for her to break through and something she was really interested in from the jump. So right around just before this all happened. So she had um, gone in the space shuttle discovery in, t- in July of 2006 she had come back. Before that, she had been married. She had three children at the time, a son and two twin and twin girls. Um, and so after this, she was obviously getting a ton of press, a ton, a ton of attention. And again, like we said, being one of the first female figures kind of out there, being in space, doing this incredible thing. So after kind of coming back and getting into more of a routine, it was really causing more of a strain on her relationship with her husband. It was the first time in a long time, if not kind of ever, that they had both been home at the same time. Previously, they had worked alternative shifts even. Obviously, when she was in space, that was a full-time shift for the husband. But when she was on a normal schedule, they worked alternative shifts so that somebody was always home with the kids. And now after this kind of last go, they were both home a lot at the same time and just kind of realizing that their relationship, that they were butting heads and clashing a lot more than they had. Anyway, this was, I guess, speculated to be kind of one of the first cracks and one of the stress amongst many things with the the pressure of being this public figure, this, um, this icon for women in this field. 
and then coming back and kind of having to assimilate to normal life once again it it at least from what I looked into, kind of was one of the first cracks in this whole story. Back on the ground. Right, right. Okay, so this whole affair kind of started with, here's our second big figure. And it's funny, in the reenactment that I was kind of just referencing there, <laughs> they, I don't know why, but they gave everybody else their normal names, but they called him William or Bill, I can't remember, O. Probably because his last name is like impossible to pronounce. I guess, but based I was on the just spelling. But the fact that they like went by everybody else's like normal names, right? I, I was like, oh, is that his? Am I like read? Is like, this a nickname? Yeah, like am I missing something here? Is this like J Lo or right, yeah, Jenny from the block here, right? Jackie uh, O, uh, yeah, or Oe from the outer space. I don't right. know. <laughs> um, okay, so before, so 2006 is really the marking period and then to 2007 when this event occurred but 2006 2007 is kind of where we're focusing this story um but before that in 2004 our girl lisa started a an affair with a fellow astronaut named william and we were just saying how to pronounce it how did i just say i think we're going with opheline opheline yeah so she started a, a an affair with william opheline and he was still married at the time, I believe. She was still married at the time. But um, this was just kind of something that happened with the two of them. Um, they trained together, but they both did not end up going into space at the same time. That would have been very interesting. Mm-hmm. Zero but, gravity boning. Oh, my God. Right. Zero gravity, all the force. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, good God. Um, it, so in 2005... Opheline divorced his wife and right around the same time after 19 years of marriage I guess a couple years later Nowak Nowak however you pronounce it (laughs) she and her husband uh, separated they were on the verge of divorce in 2007 Um, so this was right around the time they were kind of getting hot and heavy but in January mid-January of 2007 Opheline let Nowak Nowak uh, know that he was now in an exclusive relationship with Air Force Captain Colleen Shipman. So this was really a turn of events for her where she was already kind of disrupted in her personal life, let alone her whole marriage and everything that was going on. And so this really threw her for a spin. So she obviously didn't take this news well. <laughs> and at least she, he told her right uh, Took some i balls. guess well again on this space balls <laughs> i swear i need to find whatever this reenactment little snippet was that i watched earlier because they were like uh colleen came into you know she she met william did he go by bill i think bill yeah we're calling him bill yeah uh, she met him at some event that was for people in this kind of field and they were like he was really a, quite a player. All the ladies loved him or whatever. And like, it just like he was the, at least in this reenactment, the cheesiest, oh, yeah. most like bro. Like, well, what's funny is that, I mean, this whole um, dialogue and this whole storyline painted Bill to be kind of a nefarious character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seemed like he had his hand in a couple different pots. He was doing a couple different things on the side. Right. And it seemed like 
in order to piss somebody off as badly as somebody you know presumably must have done to make lisa do what she did next you'd have to really have some missteps um but i think hell lisa was fiery for what she did and god damn but in any event just know that it kind of screwed up bill's life later down the road definitely did to be painted this way because he had pretty noble intentions when he started dating colleen um at least it turned out pretty well for the both of them yeah so uh lisa ended up having keys to bill's apartment probably from their dangerous liaisons oh absolutely i mean yep yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, so she used this actually after she felt like the woman scorned. She used this to break in and access some of his personal emails between him and Colleen. Whoo, spicy! It's sugar and spice and everything not nice. Yikes! So it definitely gets spicy here. We have an email quote from Colleen here. She said, "We'll have to control myself when I see you." first urge will be to rip your clothes off throw you on the ground and love the hell out of you the ground wow yikes yeah i I guess she didn't know she was dealing with an astronaut (laughs) (laughs) he hasn't been on the ground since 1997 (laughs) i remember the last time my feet touched the ground right entering zero gravity Mm -hmm. um as long as he doesn't (laughs) have sex at hyperspeed Super fast anti gravitron, right? Yikes! Oh my god! Um, What prompted her to break into his house? I think it was just kind of after he told her that he was in this exclusive relationship. She somehow had the key to his apartment, was able to break in, and knew. I, I. I think he maybe had not given her the full details of why he kind of broke it off. Oh. And she was suspicious, obviously jealous. A little bit of overlap, she thought. Yeah, maybe. she wanted to know what was going on, broke in, and after seeing all of these emails and kind of getting a confirmation that she had suspected, this was actually what spurred her 900, 950,000 yep. mile journey <laughs> from, I saw many different reports. A lot of different so, figures. Yeah, who figures. knows where the neighborhood was, was situated in both locations. Uh, but it, this was what kind of spurred this journey after seeing these emails and getting this information on this new relationship. Nice. Yeah. So she was really a spy there, getting getting into the World Wide Web, getting into the Yeah, early on. AOL.com or Yahoo or or Hotmail. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. So basically, Lisa set out on February fourth, two thousand seven. At this point, I mean, just picture a married mother of three. Oh, okay. She donned a trench coat. And a wig and some glasses Mm -hmm. as a disguise. She was armed with latex gloves, a BB pistol and ammunition, pepper spray, a drilling hammer, black gloves, rubber tubing, garbage bags, about 600 bucks in cash, a folding knife, and a couple other random items. And she was wearing hold for effect... (laughs) Maximum absorbency oh. garments or adult diapers during the trip. 
She later denied this, um, but in the moment, she told police officers that she had worn the adult diapers so that she wouldn't have to stop during the trip. Talk about walking a thousand miles. If I could just see you tonight. (laughs) Which actually was a song written about Philadelphia. Um, But in any event, this broad was so eager to head off this woman. Her plan was to get to the Orlando airport and to head off Colleen Shipman as she arrived on her airplane. Um, She knew that she was scheduled to arrive later that day and she was driving like hell, not even willing to stop for a bathroom break, wearing her diapers, pooping her pants all the way. But also not, not even changing them, not even changing them. Um, and she drove all this way to the Orlando airport to see Colleen Shipman after mm-hmm. discovering that not only was she involved with Commander Offleen, but, you know, not in a very nice way, having read the emails, having felt the pain, the sting of rejection, um, she was armed and dangerous. Yeah. And diapered and dangerous. <laughs> yes, she was, I don't even know. Um, so it went down kind of weirdly at the airport. Did you? What yeah, did you think I actually. About all this? So I actually, again, one of my things I watched gave kind of a minute by minute that was super creepy and interesting. Yeah. This was a good one. I really liked this story because it was more current. So they had a lot of footage and stuff. Right. So let me see. I have my notes. I actually have the timestamps here. Get it. So I do just want to say, though. I don't know what is up with the disguise because Colleen did not know what Lisa looked like. So why did you need the disguise? Right. That's that alone kind of gave me an insight to her state of mind. That also says, okay, this because Lisa later said that she was just trying to confront Colleen, talk with her, whatever. Um, but clearly with the supplies that she oh had my God. and her and, actions. Yeah. yeah. And her actions and the use of the disguise, I mean, I'm skeptical, to say the I, yeah. least. I, I, it's it's concerning. So I'll just tell you kind of what I saw. They had a lot of surveillance footage. So it was right around 1230 a.m. on February 5th, two, 2007. Uh, the video shows our girl Lisa in the airport terminal. She's just kind of relaxing there waiting for Colleen to get off of her flight. And then... About an hour later at 1.22, Colleen walks off her flight towards the baggage claim. Damn, flights are always delayed. Oh, it gets worse, actually. That's, if, if only that were the saddest part of the story. The delays get terrible. <laughs> she didn't even need to wear the diapers after all. She well, had all this extra time to go to the bathroom. Seriously, yeah. She, she, had, she had hours to kill. Um, so we see Colleen kind of walking towards the baggage claim. And this this type of stuff just creeps me out. You can see not far behind her, but like keeping a distance that it wouldn't be too suspicious you see lisa just mm. kind of following her there wearing her trench coat and wig and diapers actually not yet oh she, she, not quite yet well the diapers were on but she well, actually yeah, those were <laughs> right around right around three so uh the the baggage was majorly delayed i'm surprised this wasn't philly philadelphia airport yeah philly international Ugh. phl oh my god so 315 was when um, Colleen finally went back to baggage claim because it had been delayed. And right before this was when Lisa kind of slipped on her little trench coat and her wig. Sexy. Just in the middle of the airport, you know, 
no normal. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Also, why again? Why is it needed? Don't know. Meanwhile, in this post nine eleven context, that nobody is sees what I, a woman in a disguise. That is what I am wondering. I I was thinking the same exact thing. And what happened to if you see something, say something. If I see a woman throw on a trench coat and a wig, I am running to the nearest At TSA. Fifteen in the morning too. Yeah, come like, on. All of this is scary. And in Florida. Oh, yeah, well, we already know Florida man and Florida woman are exactly yeah. popular. But so 322 then after she had gotten her bags, we see um, Colleen had gotten onto one of those buses that takes you to one of the ever fun international, you know, um, little parking garage or whatever yeah so at 322 we see that colleen had gotten onto one of those shuttles that takes you to the parking lots for the airport and you can see lisa actually running outside for the bus (laughs) in her trench coat and (laughs) she loses her hat at some point there was a hat involved too she still had the wig lost the hat didn't go back for it kept the trench coat kept the wig Granted, if I drove 950 miles or whatever it was, I would be beat to shit. She also drove overnight. Now it's like into the next night. Also, you're wearing a trench coat in Florida and a wig. You must be sweating your balls off. And it's hot as hell no matter what you're wearing in like those airports, in those shuttles. Oh, my God. It's like a bunch of sardines in there, bunch of fat people, no offense. And everybody is just sweating and miserable. It's one of my least favorite places to be on Earth. Why would you voluntarily go there? Right. Why me? Her there you already have the guy's key oh god yeah so anyway, anyway they they get to the um the parking lot and lisa is following colleen closely and colleen it's rain like let's set the scene it's raining mm-hmm. it's early morning uh colleen is heading towards her car and she sees this woman out of the corner of her eye over her shoulder just kind of gaining on her mm-hmm. and Finally, she starts to listen to her instincts, look at her surroundings, and speed up. Gets to her car. Nick of time. But. But. So then uh, Lisa gets, like, in this interview, I actually saw an interview with Colleen. She said that she gets in, locks her door, but as soon as she does that, um, Lisa has her hand under the handle trying to, like, open open the door. So what happens is she is trying to open it. Uh, Colleen's in her car, like ready to go, has the key in. But then Lisa is able to, I don't know how, but the wig well, and everything gone. So basically, we got Colleen in the car. The door is shut. Lisa is tampering with the handle, trying to get the door open. Lisa says to um, Colleen some weird excuse about, oh, my boyfriend was supposed to pick me up from the airport. Meanwhile, your boyfriend was supposed to do a lot of things, like not fuck your friend. (laughs) Um, They weren't even friends. But, you know, she sort of makes up a weird excuse. And Colleen is like, hell no. I wasn't born yesterday. I went to space, bitch. I know what's what. Okay. And I know which way's up and which way's down and which way the moon is and which way the earth is. And I'm not standing for this. So she keeps the door shut. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does that right. She got that right. Um, And Lisa continued to kind of ask for help and a ride. um, Even after um, Colleen said that her cell phone was dead, you know, Lisa sort of was asking her to use her phone. Every excuse she could think of um, just to get her to open the door. And Colleen smartly did not. When um, Lisa realized that Colleen wasn't going to open the door, Lisa started to cry 
And Colleen, unfortunately, was a big old softy and responded to this as any sister would. You know, if one of your sisters starts crying, you crack the window in a safe way. Upon which time Lisa sprayed pepper spray into the vehicle and hit Colleen with it. Colleen tore off. Thank God. Oh, yeah. Thank God she was still able to, like, peel Had out of there. about I her. Yeah, that pepper spray to. gets oh, everywhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she was able to pull away and quickly drive off into the sunset. But she was pretty uh, shook. So, anyway, she was able to alert authorities. And they quickly tracked down Lisa, arrested her, um... Yeah, suspicion. No, it was suspicion of attempted murder that she was um, held on. Um, But so they bring Colleen in and they show her this badge of this woman um, from NASA. It's and they say astronaut. And her first thought is, oh, my God, this woman somehow stole a badge from this astronaut because she knows the connection to her boyfriend and she thinks it's some type of connection there that she stole the identity and the badge of this other astronaut. And then um, she, it doesn't, she doesn't really make the connection. We cut to some scenes from Lisa in the holding cell in the holding room. And she's talking to herself. And it's really it's kind of sad and creepy in a way. Um, it, she says, I got more sleep up there than I did down here. But I don't feel like I was in space. Like she's just Yikes. like mumbling, like she's going off. It's just, just Very something's not right there. Yeah. yeah. So basically, from the point that she was um, imprisoned, Lisa was released on bail. She pled not guilty at first to the charges, which included attempted kidnapping, burglary with assault, and battery. Um, her NASA ended up getting um, her NASA contract ended up getting terminated. Um, in March of 2007, which is just the next month. And then in 2009, she agreed to a plea deal with prosecutors, and she pled guilty to charges of felony burglary of a car and misdemeanor battery. Um, So she essentially remained a Navy captain until August of 2010, when a Naval Board of Inquiry voted unanimously to drop her rank to commander and then they discharged her from the Navy under, quote unquote, other than honorable right. conditions, which I thought was kind of a funny way to say, right. you tried to kill your ex-boyfriend. Yeah, we wouldn't consider that honorable, but. Right. Mm, yeah, it's pretty crazy kind of how this and, and didn't Bill also ended end up getting some punishment um, for this, too, which I thought was interesting. He was terminated, I believe, as well. Um, but I think it was the type of thing also, I don't have the specifics, I wish I did, um, where he was also kind of demoted and transferred, I think, to the Navy, actually. So it was just kind of this whole kind of shuffling things around situation. Yeah. But it was really an interesting case here because one of the uh, segments I was watching, there was somebody associated with NASA saying that this was the first time ever that an astronaut had even been arrested, let alone for a felony. Crazy. And that there was really no kind of code of conduct for these astronauts. So it kind of goes to why they weren't, why there weren't like more severe punishments for their situation, even within, you know, the whole NASA 
system because there wasn't really this whole code of conduct. And after this, it's it's changed. There also was more investigation into this um, mental evalu- mental health evaluation before astronaut before and after astronauts went up into space because you have to imagine that's got to cause a lot of mental issues whether or not you're predisposed to that it's it's definitely something that probably should be talked through and worked through because that's going to turn your world literally upside, upside down. down so these were all things that weren't really thought about before because it's kind of funny it's almost like the astronauts were the good kids in the class where nobody worried about that why would we even think about that (laughs) until now until someone puts on a diaper and drives a thousand miles right (laughs) (laughs) just slap on some depends and ride like hell oh my god ride like the wind bullseye So, yeah, it, it, this is kind of the story of, of Lisa here and, and more so, I think, her victim, too. Um, it's kind of a crazy story because I feel like in a lot of other situations, the punishment would have been more severe and the victim might have had more peace of mind just knowing kind of where this individual was and, and what the outcome was going to be because now, essentially, she's kind of out there and kind of back to normal yeah yeah apparently she lives a pretty quiet life in texas and right public sector private sector yeah private (laughs) private sector sector, (laughs) not the public sector. the most private sector yes um yeah so she's just sort of put that behind her done her best to put it behind her and is just living this you know low profile life we thought she was such a cool person to spotlight because not only is she an incredibly powerful woman who was just brilliant beyond measure but she also had flaws. There were yeah. cracks in the veneer, and those cracks are what made her really interesting and gave us this cool story to tell. Um, so we hope you all have been as interested and as on board with this as we have, because um, it's been a bumpy ride, and it's just completely fascinating to us that, you know, like we said, somebody so big, so powerful, so strong could just fall so far and you know eventually put the pieces back together and rebuild you know yep exactly thank you so much for listening to today's episode of betsy boss podcast if you'd like to find us online our instagram and facebook are at betsy boss podcast our twitter is at betsy boss pod our website is betsybosspodcast.com. And if you'd like to email us, we are at betsybosspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.